Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. MLB underway, spring training action today, and some uh, breaking news, a big signing as well. Here to give us the insight of it is the guy who knows it inside out uh, as an ex-general manager for both the Mets and the Orioles, host on Sirius XM's MLB Network Radio, analyst for SNY in New York, Jim Duquette joins me here on CBS Sports Radio. J.D., been a minute, buddy. How you been? Jody Mack, good to be on with you. Everything is going well. Glad to hear you're doing well, too. I am. Thank you very much. We're all doing better because we got a baseball season. Duke, isn't it amazing and funny how uh, deadlines get uh, detailed activity? First with the CBA, Rob Manfred threatens to shut down a couple of weeks. Oh, here comes compromise. They get a CBA done. And now that they've gotten that done, free agency comes dripping out of the gate. Oh, guys start showing up in Florida, Arizona. Boom, all these contracts are signed. And the biggest one today uh, being Trevor Story going to the Red Sox. Uh, to play second base for the Sox, his is, for me, the last of the big free agent left. Uh, how do you uh, see Trevor Story working up there in Boston? Well, you know, I, I tell you, um, when you look at the move, and, and you're right, he's, I feel like he's the last one that was sitting there. I got to say, I, I thought he did pretty darn well on the, on the contract by comparison. Um, you know, like Correa coming out of there with a three-year deal with 105.3 million up in Minnesota. He has opt-outs in two, you know, next two years. But Story gets the guarantee. I know he got an opt-out after four years, but uh, I don't know the Red Sox, you know, view it that they could they could um, negate that opt-out, adding a adding a seventh year. So I like it in a lot of ways. Listen, I think there's a lot, a little bit of a question on whether Story can hit. If you look at his career numbers outside of Coors. Um, on the road in particular, they're not great. They're not at the level of uh, what Arenado was, you know, when he left. Um, in fact, the road numbers career-wide, 752 OPS. That's just meh for, a, for an offensive shortstop that you're expecting. You know, and he's a good defender too, but you're expecting more. And, you know, I think a lot of that is adjustments outside of court, right? We know that breaking ball doesn't break as much. So, uh, you know, I, I think that that's been a disadvantage for anyone in Colorado that goes on the road when uh, he's a hitter, man, the guy can hit. And so I don't get too caught up in that as much as maybe others do. I think he's going to hit well at Fenway Park. He's a, primarily a pull hitter, which he'll do some damage there. We know how tough the division is, but man, that offense now with the Red Sox, uh, it is it is fierce. And I think it gives them some protection uh, for Bogarts, who can opt out at the end of the year, you know, right. with um, you know, likely he will. I mean, the market for shortstops, at least on an average annual value, has gone way up. 
and Bogarts is making $20 million per year. So you can almost bet that Scott Boris will opt out his client there so Story could slide over short. And uh, it moves uh, Kike Hernandez to the outfield. He had a hell of a year for the Red Sox last year. And if you ask me what his best position is, I would tell you second base. But he's uh, above average as an outfielder next year. Where is he going to be playing for the Red Sox this season? So it seems like he's going to play center. Bradley Jr. is going to play right. Uh, you know, the, the left field spot. I mean, they have a, a couple guys that could go to, to left. Um, you know, I think that the guy who gets to – affected the most christian royo was playing some second base and he, he can be the utility guy he was he's been a utility guy in the past so you know and kike because of his versatility i think you know he, he'll be fine but I, it looks like at least from from you know what i was told recently uh, you know, he'll end up playing mostly center field which is, is a very familiar ground for him he played a lot of it for the red sox last year yeah, Verdugo in left field. I'm Verdugo, a big Verdugo fan, yeah, so they've got you. that's 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 a really good defensive outfield. Uh, if you're talking about Bradley, who's a Gold Glove type center fielder playing right, and Hernandez in center and Verdugo in left, damn, that's a really good feeling outfield. Let me ask you about an outfield that I don't think is going to be near as good, and that's the Phillies. Uh, they've got very aggressive the last week, landing both Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber, but neither one of those guys ever going to get a gold glove, and they re-signed Odubel Herrera to play center field, and Odubel's kind of hit or miss. He makes great plays, and then he makes head-scratching plays. The Phillies look like they're going to be a really bad defense. They're going to score a lot of runs, but they're going to be a bad defense. Is Joe Girardi going to be able to manage this team without pulling the little hair he's got left out? It is going to drive him nuts. I, you know, I think that was the issue. You know, if you look at it last year, he had a questionable bullpen, and that's why he ran his, his starters uh, deep into the game, especially Nola and, and Wheeler. And then, um, you know, the defense, at least on the infield, was a struggle. And I think it's going to be the same this year. And he's going to have a struggle in the outfield too. So, you know, I think the only if you kind of look around the diamond, the way I view it, you know, Segura at second is going to be at least solid average. He'll be fine. And right field, Harper's probably above average on most days. Everywhere else, in my mind, is below average. You know, Herrera could be, you could call him an average center fielder in that park. But their defense really, really concerns me all the way around. And I think that's the the one issue is, you know, you you can't have the perfect club. But the one thing that we have seen over and over and over at the end of the year, you know, postseason-wise and World Series-wise is, you better play good defense, and you better pitch. And they they have the pitching, uh, but I don't think they have the defense. Yeah, the defense is going to be questionable. But they've upgraded their offense. I think the Mets have upgraded their offense. Uh, the yep. Braves, of course, are the defending champions. They're going to have to do without Freddie Freeman, but got Olsen to be their first baseman. That looks like a, a division. Even shoot Florida with their couple additions of Soler and, and Garcia this offseason to be have upgraded their offense. Who's got the best pitching in that division? Because that's probably what is going to be the deciding factor is who, who takes down the NL East. Yeah. if I mean, if you look at uh, the the hardware, so Cy Young's, you know, the Mets claim that victory with DeGrom and, and Scherzer combined. And, and Chris Bassett's a guy that not a lot of people see as much on the East Coast, but he is a really good quality number three. And then, you know, we'll see with the rest of the of the, the rotation – if they can stay healthy, I mean, Walker had a great first half of the Mets. Um, Carrasco has been a good pitcher of the year. So, I mean, on paper, they look like the team. I wouldn't discount um, in Atlanta's five. I mean, they're all they're all really good. The, the, 
the sleeper you know, starting rotation, just in terms of stuff, the, the Marlins. You know, they, they, can they can they find an offense that matches their starters? No, I mean, um, unless they had gone out and gotten Castellanos and maybe somebody else. But I mean, they're the arms in that uh, in that rotation, both righties and lefties, mid mid to high nineties fastballs. You know, from uh, from Alcantara in particular, Lopez has got a, a nice little power arm. Trevor Rogers is the lefty. I mean, there's some names that maybe aren't quite as familiar. Jesus Lozardo is a local kid who had struggles in Oakland, but he has a chance to be top of the rotation if they can figure it out. Like they have, they have some kind of arms there. Uh, you know, they, I think it's probably another year away before you're going to really hear a lot of noise from them. But rotation or pitching wise in general, I think that the the Mets in in um, in Braves, I, you know, Phillies aren't aren't horrible in that regard. I mean, but they do have a little bit of a question mark right now with Wheeler out of the gate uh, here in spring training. He, as you know, ran a ton of innings last year and was I think he led the league in in innings. So. Um, yeah, that's something to be that bears watching. They can't afford to have him go down for any period of time. Yeah, you do two hundred, and I think two hundred and eleven innings. Amazing that a guy like Tom Seaver could throw three hundred, come back and throw three hundred again the next year. But two hundred and eleven <laughs> innings, and oh my God, you can't start the year on time. And it does boggle my mind a little bit. All right, uh, jumping back over to the American League, uh, we've had all these free agent signings and one really big trade, which I'm still trying to wrap my head around between the Twins and the Yankees that I don't quite get. Can yep. the Yankees kind of redid the whole left side of their infield defensively, uh, picking up the Khalifa kid and also uh, Josh Donaldson? Um, they're going to move Torres to second base and play Anthony Rizzo. They re-signed at first. Where the hell does DJ LeMayu fit in if uh, Stanton is going to be their designated hitter? Yeah, I think uh, it's a it's a really good question because you know LeMayu was dealing with a sports hernia for most of last year. That kind of accounts for his struggles on the offensive side. He's been a really good player for the Yankees over the last few since he signed there and since they even traded for him. So I, I think he's going to get his at bats, um, you know, somehow, some way between third, uh, between second, between the DH, potential DH spot. I mean, there, there's some, there are ways for him to, you know, and they've had a host of injuries, obviously, with certain players on that club. So, but I also wonder, you know, is there a potential trade, uh, you know, for, let's say, you know, I've heard whispers of Glaber Torres being, available in a trade to to Oakland for for their starting pitcher one of their starters out there like a Montas I don't know at the end of the day it's more speculation but they did they do seem to have a a little bit more depth there in those areas and it does make you wonder a little bit but I was scratching my head a little bit I mean I guess at the end of the day I said this on my show uh recently like there's a whole uh, method to the madness and there's a whole kind of pecking order and when you call make a phone call on a free agent the asking price three days ago or four days ago for Correa and story was different than it was two days ago or even yesterday. And so at the time you checked in, the cost might have been too expensive. So they went down a different route and, and got Donaldson and Kiner Falefa. If they waited a little, little, little longer, maybe they could have gotten Correa in the same short-term deal that Minnesota did. Maybe they weren't willing to go to that. It's hard to know. But for me, when you look at it, you go, man, would you rather have Urshela in Correa on the left side of the diamond, or Donaldson in Connor Falefa. For me, it's Correa in Urshela, <laughs> you know, by a long shot. So that that's the thing that I think you know we'll be we'll be judging, right? We're sitting here going, wait a minute, I don't like this one, and we'll you know wait at the end of the year if it works out for the Yankees. Timing is always a key. Our buddy Jim Duquette here with us on CBS Sports Radio. Um, 
let me question someone's timing because I, as I said, uh, story the last of the big free agents, but then there's the second tier, and there's one pretty good one left on that second tier, and it clears out after that with all free agents, and that's Michael Conforto. You've seen him a lot doing as much yeah. of that stuff as you have the last several years. I've always been a fan. I think he is the kind of guy who can get hot and carry a team. He's that kind of a hitter when he's uh, hot. Now he hits his cold streaks as well. Has his asking price been too high? There have been other free agents who have signed who are in the same, I think, ranking, rating period of he of what he is. Uh, why is he the biggest name still sitting out there? And if you want to speculate a little bit, who is going to benefit by the fact that all of a sudden Conforto is going to want to get into a camp here pretty damn soon? Yeah, it, Conforto, you know, the, the, the race is on right now to see um, where he ends up, because, you know, if you look at what that you did a good job, obviously, of painting the picture. I mean, he's been a talented major leaguer. He, the problem that he has coming off of a 729 OPS with the Mets this past year, you know, wins above replacement under one. I mean, that's barely, um, I don't know how you get more than a one-year deal in that. And I think that the asking price has been high. Last year, re- reports where he turned down yeah, 120-plus mil, he's going to end up regretting that. I think he certainly did regret that. But, you know, I think he was also betting on himself that he was going to have a big year and get north of George Springer, which was $150 million the year before. So now it's, it's, it's well short of that, you know. And I think, um, you know, there's a lot of teams that need left-handed bats. Toronto is one. Can you imagine that lineup with Conforto on one of the corners, lefty bat? Wow. How about the White Sox? They're a team that I'd look at really closely. Cincinnati is who knows what they're doing, but they do need replacement for uh, Castellanos, Winker, uh, Suarez after they made a, a trade and lost Castellanos opting out. So, you know, San Diego easily could use another bat lefty. Cleveland could use outfield help. There's five teams right up the top of my head. Mm-hmm. We were talking about earlier today. So I don't think it's going to, he's going to have any problem choosing teams. It's whether he can get a, multi-year deal or not and I don't think he can so I think he's got to pick the best place offensively that he could that he could put up big numbers and go back out in the free agent market so that place I think you know you could decide between maybe Toronto Cincinnati in my mind maybe the White Sox because you know anytime you're part of a big lineup like that and you get you're going to get pitched to I think it, it's a lot easier to uh, to have an off a really good offensive year when you have good offensive players around you. All right, need a speculation uh, prediction uh, from you. We now know we're playing in a condensed season. Uh, spring training is going to be shorter than it usually is. We're going to try and cram 162 games into a week shorter season. Uh, so that's going to put strain on pitching. Which is more important in your eyes coming into this year? Pitching experience, guys who have been to it before, know what it takes to prep, know what it takes to keep their body in the shape it's supposed to be, or will you be served? Teams with better, younger arms who can maybe bounce back from the strain of a condensed season. Which is the better place to be in if you're a team? Well, I think if you if you have the veteran pitching, I think that's still going to rule the day. I, with a condensed schedule, um, you know, I think with younger pitchers, with yeah, they're still trying to navigate through a long season. And I know as a front office executive, you're – going to be conservative with younger pitchers right anybody gets hurt you're going to back them off and 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 put them on the injured list if necessary the starters or veteran guys they tend to know how to navigate and take care of their bodies a little bit better um you know even though it's a little it can be tricky um 
for me, I think it's that that that, that part of it is going to um, rule the day. If you have vet, good uh, veteran pitching for the most part, I think that's going to help you navigate through this 162 game schedule over shortened uh, calendar year. And you know, again, it, it, you better have some depth too, no question. And we saw last year at the deadline. The aggressive teams, you know, tended to be there towards the end. You know, hello, the Braves. But I, I think it's going to be, at least to the early part of this season, into until you can actually improve your roster, I think teams who have veteran-type pitching are going, to, are going to be, you know, the teams to keep an eye on. Look at the Braves pitching right now. After they got Kenley Jansen the other day and Colin McHugh, they have almost the entire bullpen from last year, five, five-man rotation. Like, that is a really deep, pitching about as deep as you're going to find in the in the major leagues fair enough all right and i want you to take your former general manager hat off and just give me a straight up opinion to this one as well in this condensed season and navigation being a key who is there more pressure on the guy sitting in the dugout or the guy sitting on the press box level who's uh, in charge of roster construction who gets the added pressure this year more so general manager or manager you know, I, I think with this, um, it, you know, these these jobs are mostly shared. But I'm going to say the manager tends to get the the more pressure in those type of situations because they're the ones that are daily juggling these lineups, getting trying to manage the roster, try to manage rest, try to all of those things that you we, we've been hearing about over the last five or six years. Um, roster management uh, in season is primarily the manager's job. You know, the GMs take taking a kind of a longer view, so. Um, I'm going to go with the manager on that. It's a close one. Obviously, my, I have a little bit of a bias there, but I, I would say that the Mets, <laughs> the, the manager of some of these teams like the Mets, you know, the, the high expectations, that really solely on, on a day-to-day basis falls on the manager. I can see that falling on Showalter's, uh, at Showalter's feet, but there are some teams, that, maybe you've heard this, Duke, general managers are really hands-on on actually putting <laughs> together lineups and advising their managers what way to go. Oh, if we could do 40 minutes on that. Uh, but I won't keep you any longer. You already gave me 15, 20 minutes. Thank you very much for doing so. You know, I'm going to tap into you plenty during the season. Thanks for jumping out with me today, bud. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 